0: Hello everybody, my name is Eric Mercier, I am co-owner of Juice Imports and today we're going to walk you through the premium edition of our Natural Wine Club. Uh, As has been the case for the last couple weeks, uh, we've got a guest in the studio with us, so I'll have you introduce yourself and uh, let us know what you do in the industry and such.
1: Uh, Hello, I'm Sharla, Uh, let's see, I'm in Calgary with Eric and Juice. Um, I work at a a couple restaurants here in town and in retail so I work at Metro Vino wine shop um of course that's my favorite wine shop because I work there but I also think it's pretty spectacular and then um I work at Bridget Bar I've worked at Bridget Bar since we opened um almost six years ago I guess five and a half years um I went from serving to uh now I mostly just solely take care of the wine program there um do a little bit of supervising just for fun to to stay connected, and then I also take care of the wine program for Lulu Bar, and, um, you know, a couple others underneath the radar.
0: Yeah, the yeah. little secret projects. Yeah, the there. little secret
1: projects.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: totally. Yeah. And,
1: and I like to think I have a hand in, you know, what a lot of people drink across the city, between Metro Vino and the restaurants. Absolutely. What you take home, what you go, what you, you know, drink when you're out at some of my favorite restaurants. I hope that, you know, my influence is welcomed.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Hey, I know, that, uh, I know that I, in particular, enjoy having your influence on those wine yes, lists. Yes. Uh Means that every time I go into one of those restaurants, I'm like, cool, there's actually like 70 bottles I would like to drink currently. Uh, so That's yeah, right. we, we appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I then
1: people drunk, it's what I do, it's my, you know, gift to you.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think of like, I can't remember who we've had over the last little bit, but I feel like you're on the nerdier end of the wine spectrum <laughs> of the people we've had in lately. Who, nice. who you're like, uh, yeah, like, like true wine nerdery, uh, especially working at Metro. I feel like uh, there's just...
2: You can't this, escape it there. Yeah,
0: exactly. Between, uh, you know, the legendary Richard Harvey and Al Drinkle, yes. you're, you're constantly being, uh, you know, you're in surround sound of information, essentially.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Especially these days. We have so many, um, you know, after COVID, um, you know, Richard finally got to travel and find some new producers. And so mm-hmm. it's not just the same old things that we've been talking about for the past two and a half years. All of a sudden, there's some new stuff. So you have to learn you know, every wine, the you know, the fermentation temperature of each wine and, you know, where the oak came from and like, you have to learn these things. And all of a sudden it's fresh information that just feels exciting. Right.
0: Totally. And that was maybe something that was like a good thing is like, the, uh, maybe being locked down and drinking those wines, um, you know, kind of like over and over again without having that additional experience of traveling And tasting new things and meeting new producers. Maybe that was sort of like a little bit of inspiration to be like, cool, like, let's shake things up a little bit. Because we've kind of been in the same room the last two and a half years. Yeah, drinking
1: the same sort of things. Totally. I remember, I mean, this is a long time ago now, maybe six months ago or so. Uh, I think Al was just like, I'm kind of tired of the Rieslings that we have. And we have wow. the largest Riesling section that you can imagine. Totally. And, and such great wines. But it's just because it was the same inventory. Yeah. Right? There was nothing fresh coming in. No one was changing anything, as you know, for the vintages that you have in. So it was a little bit, it felt it felt a little repetitive for a minute there.
0: Absolutely. And now that's
1: kind of all changing, so it's exciting.
0: Yeah, honestly, the, I, I haven't seen you guys get this many new producers literally since I've been shopping at Metro, which is 10 years now. Like, over the course of the last, we'll call it a year, frankly, because I also kind of link in, like, all the new Italian stuff that came yeah. in via, like, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, I, like, also kind of include those within, like, the last year, even though I think it's been a little bit longer than that, like, yeah. Eopa and stuff like that. But I'm like... The amount of new stuff that's come in over the last, let's even call it two years, is yeah. just mind blowing to me. Like it's a whole new portfolio. It's a essentially. whole new portfolio. Yeah, and
1: in the past, uh, hmm, even four weeks, um, I I take care of most of the social media for for Metrobino. and um, on Wednesdays I do a What's New Wednesday because we get our orders from Liquor like Connect on Wednesday, so a lot of times that's when the new wine comes in. So I just like to highlight something that came in that we all sort of like went gaga over. And, um, I think last week I didn't, and not because there wasn't anything new. There was just so much that was new yeah. that my brain just short circuited. I couldn't figure out what was the thing to do. And then all of a sudden it was out of time and it was no longer Wednesday and you can't do what's new Wednesday on Thursday. So, totally. so there just wasn't. And again, like this week, there's just so much, I think there was like 25 bottles open last week on Wednesday. And yeah, like, I remember this seeing is that dumb. video. <laughs> yeah. This is dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at too right now, where it's like not including exclusives. We have over 220 different wines currently in stock. Uh, we are we are a liquor store. We could literally just open a liquor store with like, and fill the shelves with just wines <laughs> that we currently have in our portfolio. And we'd have like a pretty reasonable spread. Like we wouldn't be missing yeah. much. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, it all showed up simultaneously. We went from you know, 120 things to 220 things yeah. over the course of three weeks. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, exciting. we're also like, we're just overwhelming people by telling them what's new. I They're know. like, Oh, what's new. And like, I, I could tell you, but There's it's so literally much. just going to melt your brain essentially.
1: And, but I also think that the reception on the restaurant side has been like really excited as well. Cause all of a sudden new things are coming in to try that you haven't tried. It's not just new vintages of wines you've tried. For it's sure. all of a sudden brand new. Um, and that became really clear to me when some things I had my eye on to list, all of a sudden got listed by other people cause it yes. snapped them up for and i went, sure. like, well shit, like now I missed out on that. So what else am I going to do? A B next time don't sit on it. Just act on it and take yeah. it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know like you get I mean? the email just, yeah, jump on it. Just jump sure. on it. Yeah. Go
1: taste it, jump on it, put it on your
0: list. Totally.
1: Yeah. So lessons learned. It's a new day.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Get aggressive. Totally.
0: Uh, cool. Well, let's let's jump into our first wine here. Please. We're going to start with Burgundy because. You know, it's we've got uh, you know basically Burgundy royalty in the in the house. Anybody from Metro Vino, I feel like, is like honorary Burgundy royalty. Uh, <laughs> you're all you're all dukes and duchesses of of, of Burgundy at this point, or pretend uh, really well, one of the two. Yeah, exactly. That's for probably. sure. Um, so yeah, the first one we have is uh, coming from Le Grappin. Um So this is Andrew and Emma Nielsen, uh, amazing producer that we've featured in the club before in the past, and will definitely feature in the club uh, kind of near. Christmas, so keep your fingers crossed for, for getting a bottle of that. Um, but this is their Aligote, uh, and in particular, this is their Aligote Skin. Um, so this actually ferments on skins for about a week, um, although it doesn't really present as an orange wine, in my opinion. Uh, I think it presents more as a textural style of white wine rather than anything else. Um, they're not going for extraction. They're not really going for oranginess uh, they're going more for just how can we really show off the texture of aligote um, this is really cool this is coming from the macon so um the southern like just south of the cote d'or um, for those of you who are geeking out about the you know the topography of burgundy um, essentially they're in these sort of rolling hills um that are still made up of mostly limestone and clay the way that you'd have in the cote d'or um, but there's a lot more different expositions uh, you know, areas facing south, areas facing east, areas facing west. It's a little more kind of all over the place. And you start seeing influence from different soil types here as well. Uh, and these vines are 80 years old, uh, over 80 years old. So, you know, we're talking about as old as Burgundy gets uh, from a from vine perspective. You know, when you have these colder regions, uh, the vines aren't really going to live necessarily quite as long. Um, but if you really take care of them, uh, and they're in the ideal location, you know, they can definitely go a century. So I think they're hoping uh, not to have to rip these up anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, real treat for us. We only get 10 cases a year of this, and we uh, we managed to snag three of them for the wine club. So it's uh, I'm super stoked to to get to drink this right now, frankly. I haven't had mm. a bottle in a little bit, so.
1: This is really fun.
0: Totally. I love Ellie
1: I I have a... I have a very complicated relationship with Aligoté. I think that some examples can be great and a lot of examples are just not exciting enough to Mm -hmm. make it into any kind of rotation or or make me think longer than, you know, a sip from it. Um, But sometimes I like to describe wine in um, a bit of a story. So bear with me. This wine smells like... You had a party last night. Part of the snacks were like these green apples that you sliced and you're dipping in some sort of salted caramel sauce, okay? But then you left it open, like you left it overnight because you got a bit hammered, and you went to bed, you woke up. So the apples are a bit browned, right? But you're still like, I'm sure it's fine, I'm starving, unhung. And you like dip it in this sort of caramel sauce that now isn't even liquid anymore, so it's not quite picking up, but you get an essence of it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I know exactly. Is that ridiculous? That's not ridiculous at all. I, like that. I think I think what you're trying to say is caramel apple. No, yeah,
1: car- caramel apple, but the but the, but the but yellow totally. apple is a little bit brown. Totally, yeah. It's so a little more bit oxidized. sort of oxidized. Yeah, yeah, totally. right.
0: Yeah, no, I dig that. I dig that for sure.
1: And there is this sort of saltiness that comes off, like it's it's a light sort of toffee, quite mm-hmm. craft caramel, but like you know you know
0: what I mean. Absolutely, mm. yeah. I think there's for me one of the major things that I get off of this is like lots of like seeds uh seeds and nuts and things Mm. like that and grains like Mm -hmm. you know uh things on that end of the spectrum i get a lot of that in white burgundy as a general statement um so for me it's like really like sunflower seed like kind of like the raw sunflower seed vibes um you know things even like quinoa like the smell of like a packet of quinoa yeah like that kind of like dusty kind of grain quality like I, I really like those characteristics in, in white burgundy and I feel like in white burgundy like you kind of you run out of fruit descriptors real quickly mm-hmm. but there's obviously a lot going on so you really have to kind of dig deep to figure out what the other things are yes. you're just like yeah the apple and that's about and it. That's <laughs> it. You're like, you're like, I'd be stretching if I said that there was like nectarine. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure I still wrote lots of fruit notes in my uh, in, in my write up here. No, yellow apple, and Andrew pear. I was uh, I was in the same boat as bit. you on my actual uh, on my actual write up here. Um, but uh,
1: but the nuts yeah. are interesting. The nuts and seeds are interesting in that they have like this light toast on them. Yeah, and it's like when you have a salad with sunflower seeds in it and then you get to the bottom and it's just the dressing
2: Mm. like
1: some sort of vinaigrette and those seeds and that's like your last little bit because it's highly sort of um, fresh that acidity is sort of banging its way through for sure so yeah it's like that last bite of salad with just seeds and vinaigrette
0: totally right no i dig that um cool well while we while we sip on the rest of this um how did you end up starting to work at MetroVino and how long have you been at MetroVino for now?
1: Mm. So, um, long time ago, I was in oil and gas. Um, I uh, ran a consulting company, uh, an environmental consulting company, for uh, eight years, nine years. Um, uh, and that was supposed to turn into something serious uh, ownership and whatnot. Sometimes deals fall apart, and this one did. Um, so then I was sort of in industry for a minute and hated it. And when the, the whole economy in Alberta crashed in 16, um, I decided to just get out entirely and I bought a food truck. And I did that uh, for that first summer in 16, 16, 15, something. Anyways, um, in the first winter after running the food truck, I had to get a job. Um, mm-hmm. And so through some people that I knew, um, I got in contact with Dewey Nordhoff,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: who at the time was GM of Bridget Bar that was about to open. It yeah. wasn't open yet. So I met with him in hopes of finding a job um, as a server. My serving experience was like 10 years behind me. Yeah, um, You know, I'm no longer young and, and perky and... <laughs> And I uh, and I was very upfront about the fact that I owned a food truck and I would be leaving in the summer. Yeah. So no one would hire me uh, until I met Dewey, bless him. He and I had like a two-hour interview where we just chatted about all things <laughs> weird and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so I started working at Bridget. I hadn't given much thought to um, wine beyond that I liked it. I usually knew more about it than everyone in my life. Um, But I was always kind of ashamed of what I didn't know. Mm. Um, So I I, I kind of let myself be shamed out of pursuing it further. Anyways, knowing Dewey, working at Bridget, um, he just said, being a wine is cool, man. And I went, I think so too. So so, um, I sort of said, Dewey, you know, if you wouldn't mind being a bit of a mentor to me, I really want to figure out where, where I could go with this. And so I did. And so I just sort of pursued it hard. And after several years, I decided that if I wanted to do it full time, if I really wanted to get into this, I had to let go of the food truck. You can't Mm. sort of develop two, one business and one interest at the same time if it's seasonal and you're going back and forth. Um, so then I sold the food truck and I said I'm going to do this full time and um, thankfully Metro right behind us behind mm-hmm. Bridget so um, I told Dewey I want to work there and he he sort of said hey I've got this girl if you need somebody yeah and luckily they love Dewey and said okay so Dewey for sure got me that job I'm not sure I could have gotten it on my own um, and that was April's. Three and a half years ago. Mm. I can't believe it's been three and a half years.
0: Crazy, eh?
2: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah, so I've been at Metrobino for three and a half years Um, and it has changed my life entirely.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What a difference. Like from where I was three and a half years ago, even four years ago to now mm-hmm. uh, is a completely different, different place for sure.
0: Yeah. They're yeah. just such good people and just such great, like you said, like, you know, Dewey being a mentor, but also I think. You know, some of the crew at Metro are just like such amazing mentors in the sense that they just make wine so approachable, but not in the way that I think a lot of social media is trying to make wine approachable, which is like, yeah, like wine, it's super approachable. You don't even have to give a shit. And and they're like, they're kind of the opposite where they're like, yeah, wine's super approachable. Like uh, if you even care at all, Uh, all. it's amazing. And you can have these like incredibly... I don't know, connective experiences of being connected to land, being connected to people, yes. being connected to culture. And they're like, yeah, we're all like ex-punk rockers <laughs> and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, they, they've made wine approachable, but at the same time we're so good at encouraging, you know, geekiness, I think. so. Yeah,
1: because I, I, I honestly, and I truly believe there are people out there that don't care to know more. That's fine. You don't <laughs> need to know more, right? If, if you are comfortable in the place where you are with the wine that you're drinking, then didn't great stay there no one's trying to push you out but for a lot of people um, the stories behind the wine the people that make them the sort of the how and the why this bottle came to be matters and and actually fuels your enjoyment of it so so you know sure if you want to say, you don't have to care and enjoying is fine. I think the stance that we take, if you care just a little bit, you're yes. going to drink better wine for sure. For sure. And um, you're just going to enjoy it all the more. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be a ton. It's just, totally. you know, experiment a little bit, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. try a few more things, learn a few things, and then you will, you will love it more.
0: Totally. Right? Yeah. We always talk about the idea that like the $30 bottle is going to cost $30, whether, you have a revelation when you taste it or whether or not you just slug it back. Mm -hmm. So like if you're willing to put in like the little bit of effort just to like learn like one or two things about it, whatever it happens to be like all of a sudden you're getting more out of the thing that costs the same price. Yes. Uh, And so I always find that like a really good uh, incentive to learn about wine, I would say. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I, I push vocab hard on people. Mm. If I ever do a wine tasting, you know, in a group, Uh, or even, you know, at Bridget and Lulu when I'm I'm talking to the staff, that learning the vocabulary of the wines that you like will change the way that you drink. Totally. If you can just identify a handful of things that points towards wines that you like more often. You will drink better wine at better prices, and you won't feel the need to, you know, spend 60 bucks you can spend 22 and get something really great. Absolutely, Do you know
0: what I mean? totally. Yeah. yeah, I tell people that all the time too is like the idea that you don't pay for deliciousness. Like you pay for farming. <laughs> you, you pay for uh, you know, exclusivity, you pay yeah. for how expensive it is to get a wine from that region. You're not paying because it's more delicious. Like a winemaker is not like, oh, this is really good this year. Tack on $10. (laughs) Like, that's not how wine (laughs) works. They're like, what was my farming cost this year? Like, you know, and often there is some sort of correlation between those things, but it's not a hard line. Like, again, we were talking about Lambrusco earlier. Like a $25 bottle of Lambrusco is just as fundamentally delicious, I think, as most $100 bottles of Burgundy. But... There's just other stuff going on in that burgundy. But if your goal is deliciousness, then that right. you know, $25 bottle of Lambrusco is hitting the mark. But yeah, because i are not
1: asking it, it to be cerebral. No, no. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Or haunting. If yeah. if it is just right now, enjoy this, then fine. Absolutely. I want to say that, that Aligoté, while it was in my glass, got
0: better and totally. not that it wasn't
1: good but there was there's an evolution into like yeah it has room to expand. Up. yeah the sun yeah. sort of shone down on it and totally. opened it up a bit
0: yeah i think we'll, we'll really taste beautiful. that a little bit afterwards yeah that's yeah. a day two wine for me like it's yeah. uh when i took it around and poured it for people uh on day two it was, it was like it's a whole other beast yeah. it just expands into this thing so maybe that's a little uh little caveat for for some of the people who uh, are listening and have this bottle in yeah. front of them is maybe either Drink half of it one day, drink half of the next day, or option two, like give it a really solid decant, uh, you know, an hour or two before you plan on drinking it. And, uh, yes. and you'll get a little bit more something solid. Oh, nope, yeah. Nope.
1: I think I, I have someone in my life that says they don't like wine the next day. Oh yeah. And uh, th- it, it is a sentiment that I, I do not understand. I, it may come down to the wine that this person drinks mm-hmm. um, that that doesn't have sort of structure and and fruit that you know and winemaking that makes it good the next day. Totally. Um, but I think also, uh, if I can take a example from a previous life, years and years ago, I had a little spice company, and you know, there's a the thing with toasting spices, and there's the people that say you toast the spices they are better Mm -hmm. and i think that is not correct they are different they're different and so wine to me some wines aren't good the next day yeah they are different enough that it makes them you know something i don't want to drink but wine doesn't often get better or worse the next day it Mm. just gets different it gets different and it changes and evolves which is Interesting, it's interesting to imagine why that happened. Put things into its places, of yeah, of why and how this wine has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways,
0: yeah, I so Mark, my business partner, has uh infinite patience for bottles of wine, he will taste them over the course of a week. Uh, (laughs) he's he's so good at it and he often is surprised, like in a good way, by some of the things that wines do. He's like, oh man, day four and five, really bad. Day six, amazing. Maybe the best it ever tasted. Day seven, total trash. And he like, he knows these sort of like ebbs and flows versus me. I'm like a two-day kind of person. Like I very rarely, mostly because the bottles don't last that long. Yeah, yeah. But like, so a great example last week was I opened a bottle of Testalonga. Um, their Skin Chenin uh, which is one of my favorite wines of all time and a mm. wine that I've tasted you know, 10, 12 year old versions of I guess, sorry, only 10 year old versions of um, that have been absolutely thrilling and so I drank a half a bottle of it and then I actually had to leave on this trip for like 4 days okay. and so I came back and saw it in my fridge and uh, you know, it was like on my list of things to be like, okay, dump that later yeah. and Mark was like, oh, like I see you have this in the fridge. Uh, can I grab a splash of it? And I was like, oh, it's been open for like seven days now. Like, yeah. you probably don't want a glass of it. He's like, no, I absolutely want a glass of it. What if it's amazing? And I was like, it's probably not amazing. And he's like, but what if it is amazing? And he poured it. It was so spectacular. Yes. I can't even... I am still in awe of it. Like, I plan on writing an Instagram post on it yeah. because I'm like, I need to get out of my own head about things like this sometimes and I need to be humbled and that was like a full like ego crushing like you know nothing kind of moment and I'm like good good yeah absolutely (laughs) the problem
1: is when you have these like hard and fast ideas about what is and what isn't so you imagine that after a week all wine is dead and you should just toss it yeah and then one wine shows you different you're like is is the whole thing going to crumble now Mm -hmm. in terms of can I ever think that about a wine ever again? We did an experiment and it was not at my behest. It was at the behest of a customer of Metrovino, who opened a a bottle, I believe of AJ Adam Fargarden. This was last year. Mm -hmm. Opened it, poured out like half ounces for everyone. We all knew what it tastes like. The whole point was to close it back up, put it in the fridge. One month later, come back and see what happens. And a month later, when... Actually, it was not a month. It, it was closer to two. Yeah. He sometimes just goes away for Absolutely. a lifetime and comes back. So he came back and he's like, oh, yeah, that bottle. Opened it. I would, in in my world view of things, that bottle tasted like it was AJ Adam Fargarten that had been opened two days
0: previous. Yep. Now, I, yeah. When I like was at, uh, again, at Longa, he's mm. like, yeah, I'll usually like open a bottle and keep it in my fridge for six months. What? Uh, just to like see what happens and he poured me one and I was like, this is good. It's, it's obviously different, but I was like, you still like Sherry, right? And yeah. like, and I is, it, it was wild. I was like, this is really cool. And then the other experience that I just had, which was even weirder, I think was, uh, at Clernoday in Burgundy. Um, she Corvined a bottle of, uh, of 2017 Aligote for me, uh, from her like super old vines, Really cool bottle. One of my favorite bottles ever. And uh, she was like, oh, cool. Like I have a, I have a back to this. I'll just Corbin it for you and, and like pour it. And then uh, we had it and we're like, oh, this is so good. And we're just like talking back and forth. I'm like, oh, this is so good. She's like, oh, I wonder when this was open. Like I wonder when, when we Corbin this three years ago. Stop it. It was like literally like Corbin, there was like maybe a glass left in it for three years. And it just like you sat are in the cellar. I'm not even kidding. Because Corbin like, means
1: close to nothing to me. Yeah. Like for I, sure. I don't care.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm the same boat. And I was just like, I don't understand if I was pouring this for this wine, I would be like, yeah, absolutely. This is what 2017 alicote would taste like. Like stop it, it was, so uh, everything is out the window for me. And I've been like a real hard ass lately on like low sulfur wines being open for more than like 12 minutes, frankly. Uh, <laughs> and so I've just noticed like way too many degradations and in, in wines that are, that are no sulfur. Uh, so I've just been really hesitant, forgetting that even 20 parts per million of sulfur, those wines are like as sturdy as a rock. Like, right. you know, the difference between adding 25 parts per million of sulfur and 100 parts per million of sulfur is essentially nothing. Right. That sulfur is just going to sit in the bottle forever. It's not doing anything. <laughs> like, versus, like so it's, you know, right. maybe 25 parts are going to get used over the course of that wine's lifetime. So it's, I just need to be way more... Uh, Open minded, mm. I think. I think I was just burned a couple times and then I just got it in my head. And now I just, again, need to be humbled. And I appreciate Mark uh, helping on that. Yes. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. that's incredible. Years.
0: Fine. Years. Fine. I'm so confused. Because
1: fruit, fruit matters, does it not? Yeah, fruit absolutely. Fruit matters. Yeah. Winemaking matters. Like, yeah. these...
0: And it was like, it's never moved. That's the other thing, is that's like, it, it never left the winery. So it's also, you know, uh. it's in its comfy spot. It's a human cellar, perfect temperature. uh, It's never been jostled around or anything like that. So I'm like, sure, why not? Like, there's no reason for it to have gone bad, I guess, but (laughs) either way. All right, before we get too deep into okay, this, because this is going to be now like the nine-hour episode, because we're, we're actually going to drink until tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Dormalona. This is made by our friend Josephine Perry, one of my favorite winemakers on planet Earth. And this is just a glass full of sunshine at the moment. Uh, this is 80-year-old uh, Verdello vines uh, planted in Swan Valley in, uh, in, in Western Australia. Um, Western Australia uh, was actually the first part of Australia to be planted and uh, the Swan River Valley was actually the first region in Australia to be planted with grapes so this is as historic as it gets um, but unfortunately after they had like a big gold rush period uh, back in the 1920s and uh, unfortunately after that went bust uh, everybody moved away, nobody gave a shit anymore uh, and so this region is essentially abandoned but um, you know Josephine being so close by, uh, she lives in Margaret River and makes wine in Margaret River. She's like, I'm going to start a side project that like tries to reinvigorate Swan River because there's there's just so many cool things happening there. So many old vines. These are dry farmed. So it's like 80 year old dry farmed verdello. And she's like, this is so cool. Why can't we make wine from this? Um, So this is uh, just all, uh, I believe, foot crushed. And then they leave it on skins for, you know, a day or two, essentially not super long, Um, and then, uh, yeah, just wild fermented, uh, you know, not fine, not filtered, not, not messed around with or anything like that. This is just like a pure expression of what Verdello tastes like, uh, in the roasting Australian, uh, (laughs) sunshine. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) that's amazing. I also apologize to anyone that is listening. I know that my laugh is intense and it comes off on audio really (laughs) weird. Sometimes like a duck is quacking so i apologize i we'll laugh just a lot and loud. Just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It'd be great. laughs> when i hear when i hear my laugh on audio i always sort of go oh god that can't be what i sound like and everyone goes yeah, it is it yeah
0: great i've luckily done enough of these things now that i've gotten over for the fact that my <laughs> voice just sounds like this and yeah Just yeah, yeah. gonna have to live with it so. <laughs> okay Berdella. Berdella. you're right
1: it is it is sunshine and it is actually this time of year sunshine in yeah. August, right? It's that, like, totally. real juicy sort of nectarine fruit mm-hmm. that just sort of, it's a little bit soft mm-hmm. in, the, in the best possible way. Totally,
0: right? yeah. That really kind of, like, gooey, peachy vibe. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah down-the-cheeks kind of character. Mm-hmm. Totally.
1: But it makes you feel like a kid, and you, like, just let it drip. Who cares? Totally. It's not sticky. I don't yeah. know that it's sticky. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia in this wine for me. Like there's this really like saltwater taffy kind of thing going on, which is really great. There's like a lot of like orange Gatorade kind of yeah, happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a lot of like, I don't know. I just want to be a kid again while drinking this. Uh, it yeah.
1: does. It does feel like a full day in the sun. Even that like exhaustion where you're just like, oh, mm. I'm a little sun soaked. Yeah. And, a little and Maybe sunburned. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You feel that yeah it, feel,
0: it feels amazing mm-hmm. it's really lovely yeah i really dig this yeah mm. we only got a handful of cases this year and we only had four cases left and we needed three of them for wine club and i was like i'm gonna do it anyway so i don't yeah. care <laughs> uh, so we only have one case left for the for the rest of the uh profits to drink but uh that's <laughs> you know and I here just really, we are
1: drinking one of them yeah exactly um,
0: i just i really wanted to drink it and so, oh, so that's essentially how wine club goes and So over the last couple months, our wine club has had a specific focus of education, at least for the premium club. Um, We're like, we've basically been given a budget by all these people to to teach them about things. And so we've been very selective about the wines that we're using, and we try and use side-by-side comparisons. So either same grape, two different regions, uh, same winemaking technique, but two different grapes, uh, maybe the same region, but two different producers, all these different ways of like comparing and contrasting. And this month, this is the gluttony month. This is yeah. the, you know, <laughs> I've been so good over the last, like, six months uh, uh, at, like, sticking to, you know, this itinerary of, you know, we're going to do education, we're going to do side-by-side tastings, and I was like, it's summertime, like, yeah. nobody's sitting down doing blind tastings, no. like, let's just put together a four-pack of, like, some of the most joyous wines. Also, surprise everybody, there's four bottles in this month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those of you didn't realize it when you... Uh, took the took the pack home. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of messed around with the budget a little bit and were able to cram an extra bottle in. So uh, hopefully everybody is as thirsty as I am. So. Oh my God,
1: I love this so much.
0: Me too. I'm, I'm
1: sad there's not a whole lot of it. it. Yeah. It also reminds me of like a stack of pancakes with like mm. like peach sort of jammy sort of sauce all over it. Totally. Because you know? there is yeah. there is like a, a baked something like a baked good in here there's a For pastry-ish sure. kind of note yeah but with that really yeah, like fresh, kind of red
0: kind yeah, of, yeah yeah uh, like, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah
1: buckwheat pancakes with like totally i'm no. totally i'm so into this wine
0: yeah i think her wines are just so gorgeous like i'm i'm absolutely obsessed with everything that she does and this one's definitely a, a real treat this one's also one of the ones where it's you know, we get in her allocation every year. It sells out really fast. And the Verdello is always the one that everybody's like, Verdello? Really? And uh, so we just have to pour it for people. And then they're like, oh, oh. Verdello. I see. Oops. Like, yeah. I should have known. Uh, so, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a, a fun one to get to drink for sure. Yeah, I love it.
1: How much of it do you get, sorry?
0: Uh, we get between five and eight cases, uh, depending on the vintage so far. We've only gotten it two... I believe. Um, So she started this project. Uh, You'll notice that there's a tortoise on the label. Mm. Um, So the idea is that uh, the Swan River Valley is uh, the home of the Western Australian Swamp Tortoise, the most endangered (laughs) reptile in the world. Stop. Uh, Yeah. And so she is part of the Friends of the Western Australian Swamp Tortoise Society. Of course. um, Of course. (laughs) And helps with... You know breeding efforts and uh rehabilitation you know whatever else they they need in order to make these tortoises lives better and hopefully help their populations bounce back and so she's like well you know i'm going to make these wines in the swan river valley um i'm going to donate a portion of the proceeds that i get from this to these conservation efforts and then not only that but like i'll spread a lot of information about it by putting these cute tortoises on the label everybody's going to ask and so every year um it's a different tortoise um this year, he's a firefighter in yes. honor of all the firefighters that helped uh, put out all the fires in Western Australia because uh, they were right. gnarly. Uh, yeah. Like you know, the, the obviously we're familiar with forest fires, but they were going through the exact same thing over there. Uh, and yeah, uh, and and they're all dressed like kind of nineteen twenties garb because that's when we were talking about that gold rush. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's nineteen twenties firefighting tortoise. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Great label.
1: Yeah, it is the twenty that uh that's super old school, but he looks so happy.
0: Totally, yeah. He's loving his job. He's uh, he's a proud firefighter, for sure.
1: Yeah. When you get this in, when you get the next vintage in, please call me.
0: Mm-hmm. Should be here in uh, September, October? Okay. Something like that. So, I'm into it big time. yeah. Last year it took ten months to get here. This year it's taken <laughs> three months to get here. There's no rhyme no predictability or here to at all. It. No, no, no. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. absolutely. That makes it fun.
1: Yeah, all right. you all are gonna love this.
0: Yeah. it's, so it's a, definitely a fun little treat. All right. All right, next up, some red
2: wine kind of? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Yeah,
0: exactly. I put question marks next to all the colors of all the wines this month, with the exception <laughs> of the very last one where I'm like, I'm sure this is red wine. Red Everything line. else I'm like, who even knows?
1: It is It is difficult. Rosés are getting darker all the time. I think that, I mean, I don't think that the era of the Provence style is, is leaving us really, but um, there is a broader spectrum of, of what's happening with Roseanne. Totally. And to, to the, on on both sides, actually, uh, you know, you can get some Blanc de Noirs that are pinky enough that you go, we could, we could probably. Yeah. And then, and then there's, you know, some really dark, uh, rosés that you're like is this light red that totally. it, it seems to be sma- that category is kind of smashing yeah. together
0: and those are like some of my favorite wines yeah. right now yeah. you can chill
1: them down a little bit yeah. like even in the winter it's nice totally to you know you have a piece of trout or something that's yeah. really fatty and yeah. throw Neat. a little throw a little chilled
0: red on it everything's totally. gonna be okay yeah we just did a chilled reds tasting uh, yes. like a week ago and it was awesome and everybody's like uh what like yeah. This is this is great. And I was like honestly our portfolio like probably like 25% of the reds we bring in absolutely chillable. Like yes. that's just the style that we like. So it's it's great. Well, at
1: Lulu, there are two wines that are in a chilled reds category. Yeah. And they just I think we do keep a couple bottles out in case someone's like I want this bottle but I don't want it chilled.
0: Yeah, give it to me hot. Fine. Yeah, give yeah. it to me hot. Get to yeah. me. Breathe yeah. on it
1: first that'll be great. Yeah.
0: For sure. Um, Put it inside. But yeah,
1: chilled yeah. chilled reds cuz I think that food particularly goes good with that sort of chilled red style so um, and I and I do appreciate that more and more people are warming up to the idea that it's okay and sometimes that's better someone mm-hmm. today ask me can I chill this not in a should I chill this but can I with you know hopes yeah. and I, I did dash them it was a it was a 1996 sheenot and you go I I don't really know <laughs> if if that's what this wine wants to do
2: yeah. it is pretty sort
1: of it's a it's it's coming along in its years. Yeah. There's some bright spots because it's chinon, so we're cool enough that we have some red fruit. That's totally. kind of the acidity is kind of keeping it a bit lively, but um, but I don't think this is the chill. Lots of the other chinons we have, yeah, just not the twenty something year old one.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, for sure. It has a certain level of dignity where it just <laughs> needs to, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you so don't you don't ask temp. your grandma to yeah. like yeah yeah
0: exactly to do sure. anything out
1: of her comfort zone. But yeah. people are thinking about it, and that's great. Though I, I'd adjusted. rather have them
0: like ask that question. That's like that's exciting that people are are going there. Can I chill this? Yeah, should I chill sure. this?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Because it's me usually being like, you can even chill this. It's yeah, exactly. Your don't, pepperoni don't pizza, yeah. just chill it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. All
0: Anyways. right, so next up, we got a little wine from Sonoma. Um, you know, Sonoma, obviously a beautiful region. Uh, I think Sonoma really puts its fingerprint on uh, fruit. Um, I think fruit that comes from Sonoma tastes different than, than almost anywhere else in the world. There's this coolness to it and this warmth to it simultaneously that's just astonishing to me. Um, so this is a little project uh, by my friend Shant and Diego. Um, they are essentially consultant farmers. Um, they go into some of the best vineyards in California, convert them to biodynamic farming, or at least some version of sustainability, um, try and increase soil bio- biodiversity, try and get them with a solid cover crop program so they can water less, try and wean them off of irrigation, things like that. So that they go in and do all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, essentially they, 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 get paid for the farming aspect of it but in certain situations they're able to buy some of the fruit that they have farmed Um, and this is exactly what that is so this is uh les lunes is the name of their winery uh, and this is the astral blend Um, they do another blend that's based on the uh bordeaux varieties um but the astral blend is like the california varieties if we can call them such Uh, so this is like the wackiest combination of uh pinot noir zinfandel uh, Chardonnay, Sangiovese, and Syrah, I think. I think I named them all there. You did, you did. Uh, yeah, excellent. Looked unbelievable, yep. Perfect. Um, and so many different winemaking techniques here. Uh, the Pinot Noir sees five days on skins, like traditional red wine, um, but sort of done in a lighter style. The Zinfandel is partially whole cluster pressed, uh, so like rosé slash Blanc de Noir, and then part of it is co-fermented with Sangiovese whole cluster. Uh, the Chardonnay is partially um, direct pressed and then partially skin fermented for, I think, two weeks. Uh, And so there's like a bunch of different winemaking techniques here, but their goal is to make something that is very much in between, you know, sort of red, rose, white, orange, like really every type of wine is in this wine, which is really, really cool. Uh, And they just want it to be representative of the region, but have no. Connection to a grape, essentially. They're they're like. We want to show California in its truest form, um, and that doesn't mean like tasting like Cabernet Sauvignon first or like Pinot Noir first or like Zinfandel first. They're like, what does California taste like? Like that's more interesting to them. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that that's what they've tried to accomplish here. We got a whopping six cases of this this year, I think something like that, six or eight cases. Uh, so super small amount, but. Uh, we are really excited to uh, to get to drink it. This is our first vintage ever getting an allocation of this, actually. So,
1: talk to me about um, the name Astral Blend. Do we I don't know? know off
0: the top of my head. Yeah.
1: What does the word astral mean to you? To me, like it's astral planes, astral. Absolutely. Like, it's a yeah. little bit sort of not voodoo-ish, but yeah. a little bit like we're gonna voodoo-ish. leave our body. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <and> we're gonna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is interesting to me. This wine. Um, it is otherworldly in a lot of ways. I'm totally. I'm pumped about this 24% Chardonnay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Part of it, you For know, sure. like six percent Surrall. You're like, I can see why. Like, what that's yeah. going to bring to the table. We need that sort of like pull towards a bit of a darker fruit and yeah. maybe some spice, which which adds to some fun some fun things. Yeah. Ten percent Sangiovese, fine. That those like fine dusty tannins that are usually going to come, give yeah. give you some sort of structure. But like this 24% Chardonnay just kills me. And this wine jumps all over the place in your oh, yeah. mouth and in your brain. <laughs> totally. Like, you, you think you know for a split second what's happening and then you immediately change your mind and you're somewhere else. Like yeah. you are, it takes you to a lot of places in the shortest amount of time.
0: I feel like I'm the worst detective of all time because I'm like, cool, this is like one quarter Chardonnay. And I'm like, I have no idea what Chardonnay <laughs> is in this. <laughs> I don't I don't think... You could give me a hundred guesses on what grape varieties are in this and I wouldn't yeah. say Chardonnay. And I'm like, even knowing it's Chardonnay, I'm like, I don't know what it's doing here. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like, it's the medium in which everything is existing, maybe. Like, it's like... Uh, I don't know. It's like the canvas that everything else is on. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't really know. Who knows what kind of
1: shape the Chardonnay was in? Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel to me like a typical California Chardonnay is in there. If it was, we would, we would feel that Mm -hmm. first, right? We would feel it and we would get that sort of a riper, fleshy. Yeah, yeah, totally little pineapple-y sort of yeah. tropical, which I, I don't think it is. I think that this is a sort of a leaner style of Chardonnay, yeah. and, but it is still maybe giving us that sort of softer body that, mm-hmm. that you're going to get from it.
0: Yeah, kind of the way that you would with like uh, Viognier and like uh, Sirocco yeah. ferments and you're getting like some of those stone fruit pits. Like I get a little bit of that yeah. in here, like a little bit of peach pit, like kind of, yeah. you know. Apricot pit kinda sneaky stone fruits.
1: It's like it's like you have listen, stone fruits, the skin is the most important part of the entire fruit. That skin, especially on like a plum, that you have this like really sweet, juicy inside. And then near the pit it's sort of a little bit more sour. And then that plum skin gives you all of that cut through acidity. Mm -hmm. Right? I feel like this is a Chardonnay grape with like plum skins like four of them piled on top of each other mm-hmm. and then like that's a new fruit we just invented just enjoy it
0: totally
2: <laughs> love
0: it do you know what i mean totally yeah and that's the other interesting thing is like because so much of the red fruit is direct pressed or like minimal skin contact i think the tannins in this are probably chardonnay tannins <laughs> like which is very weird to say but it's like it has to be the case because it's like it does have some grip to it yeah like, it does yeah Which I really love. Like I think that light wines with grip mm, underrated. It's so underrated. Yeah. They just
1: their application is like so vast.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. On what you can
1: pair with it. And because we do have a sort of a thinner texture, Mm -hmm. it is actually okay to still drink on its own. Like we don't need to throw some salami at it just to make sure we can enjoy it, right? Yeah. But it is these like feathery salt and pepper tannins. They're just sort of like peppered everywhere. Totally. Yeah. It's fun, it's super yeah, fun.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm digging this wine right now. It is real good. Yeah. Um, all right, so di- digressing again, Sorry. back to you.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, sure, the sure. exciting parts.
0: Okay, so you, the the two restaurants that you mainly focus uh, on for writing a wine list, yes, um. You have a pretty interesting crowd in these places. Like I, Mm. uh, I don't know if I was telling you or not, but I uh, in well, we were talking about this earlier. So recently, we released um, our city guide, Mm. and uh, both of the restaurants that you write wine lists for, I, I included on that. Um, and my write up of Bridget was as like uh, the most beautiful people eating the most beautiful food in the most beautiful place, yeah. uh, which is like the vibe there. And so totally. you kind of have to like write a wine list that that fits that vibe, and then you know you look at Lulu, and like Lulu is also just like you know just it's it's so. It's the same sort of vibe. Like it's still a beautiful room. It's still just beautiful people having the best time eating really great food. Um, But obviously like a different sort of like food influence. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you have a particular clientele at both those places. Um, How do you go about formulating a wine list? Um, Is there certain parameters that you've been given or uh, are there certain parameters that you put in place for yourself that you thought would work best? And then how do you go about populating that wine list? Uh,
1: I I can say that I know that I am extremely lucky in that I have been given no parameters, mm. and maybe that's lucky, maybe that's complete stupidity. But for me, um, I I there's nothing I have to keep in mind of some yeah 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 more yeah yeah. Sorry, Eric's just pouring me more wine, which I am <laughs> grateful for. Um, I I I. I think that I'm really, really lucky that the blind trust that people have given me, um, I have tried to not take advantage of or, or abuse. Um, and so to me, first, um, I'm concerned with variety mm-hmm. uh, in my general life. Probably why relationships, you know, fail me so often. <laughs> yes we've had three three (laughs)
0: sips of wine and we're already on it i love this (laughs) so
1: uh, i'm obsessed with variety um if someone were to ask me what my favorite wine was i'd be like why do i have to pick i don't want to and that's dumb yeah so don't make me do that um i understand that people drink what they like to drink and what they're comfortable drinking um but i i don't want to say i don't care but Um, I'm happy to give them some things, but I want them to try new things. So I always try to have a nice mix of reliable, recognizable um, grapes, particularly, um, but then throw some other things in there for Mm the people that are a little bit more adventurous. Or... Um, for the highly trained staff to sort of try and talk someone into.
0: Totally, right? yeah. You got to kind of keep them entertained. Like yeah. They're like, they're like sheepdogs. They need <laughs> things to herd. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right,
1: and listen, I think um, at both places, uh, I I don't have any mass-produced wines mm-hmm. at, at either place. So the wine changes, the list changes quite frequently. So the staff has to be really up to date with what's happening, number one. Number two, um, I just take an approach of Give them some of what they want, but give them a lot of what they don't know they want yet. Yeah. And train sure. the staff so that. Because it's not a bunch of mass-produced wine, a lot of the times when you're at, say, Bridget, someone will say... I need help. I don't know any of these wines. Yes. And I go, yeah, like I'm so (laughs) excited about that question. Great. It gives me an opportunity to like engage you, get you excited about Mm -hmm. something that you're going to drink instead of you just picking something that makes you feel comfortable. So because it is smaller family run producers across both lists, um, they, you know, smaller production, all of a sudden we're changing lots, but, um, I just, I just try to have it be balanced. I try to find the best value wine that I possibly can, something that is delicious for really great prices. Mm-hmm. And and make it approachable without being too comfortable.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely makes sense. I think that's a great way of uh, of thinking about it. And I, I like that idea of like not knowing anything on the wine list is more of an opportunity than it is 100%. like, yeah, it's yeah, I really like that. That's
1: yeah. Cause then you just start out with cool, well, what do you like to drink? For sure. Especially places at like Bridget and Lulu where the it is sort of family style so pairing wines directly to food is kind of a comical endeavor. Like you just can't. On the table is a rigatoni which is this creamy rich truffley mushroom thing and then you also have tuna crudo and you have like a big steak. And you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, you go, totally. I, I can't pair a wine to this. Yeah. So let's just you talk about. You might as well about, just drink something you like. Yeah. Like let's just yeah. talk about what you like. And if totally. you are in a group of people, what we like together, what we can all drink together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just engage people on what they like to drink. And then hopefully lead them to something. Because they're already asking you and you're giving them advice. Be like, listen, this grow man saying, petite man saying, blend. Yeah. Is killer. It has this wonderful, lazy sort of texture, massive acidity, big like robust fruit. Like it is just a killer, killer wine. And they go, oh sure, because yeah. it's priced in a really good way. That you go, great. I'm going to try that. And then all of a sudden, someone's tried something that they've never had before. Totally,
0: and maybe right? blown away by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, we did an event the other night, and I poured this wine that was made from uh, broccoli and Dura. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like nobody like nobody knows where this town is nobody knows what these grapes are right um but you should try it because yes. you're really gonna like it and yes. they're all just like what is this and i'd have to repeat the names of the grapes like seven times because they're like no but like what's it made from I'm like right. no seriously those are the names of the grapes like yes. yeah <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. uh yeah i had this like guy who was super and he was like so lovely um and he's, like, honestly, like, thank you so much for introducing this to me. Like, the last time I heard about a new grape variety was Malbec from Argentina. Oh, my God. And I was, like, that's awesome. I'm, like, you went from Malbec from Argentina to Dura. Uh, yeah. I was, like, like, that is an extraordinarily leap. Right. And, like, now we've opened up the world for you. Let's talk. Like, Let's talk. I have a yeah. hundred new grape varieties for yes. you to try that you're going to be super excited about. So, yes. yeah. I love it. Wine lists are, like, one of those things where... I was incredibly intimidated when I was when I was like young and getting into wine. I was like, if I don't know the wine, I'm very afraid of ordering it. Even if I'm at a restaurant with like a song who's actually curating a wine list mm-hmm. who I trust, like I was still afraid of ordering the wrong thing. And I think if there's anything that I pass on to people is like, A, go to restaurants where there is a curated wine list. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you do go to you know, I won't name names or anything, but if you go to like a corporate restaurant that just has like a, you know, they don't have anybody actually put into that wine list. They just order the, you know, the top 25 SKUs or like whatever they get a discount on right. or whatever, you know, whatever rep is willing to buy them a new television, like whatever. <laughs> uh, like yes. if they're just buying those wines, like, yeah, of course, like you're, you're going to be wrong 90% of the time. Yes. Like whatever you choose is going to be the wrong option versus <laughs> if you go into like, you know, one of these restaurants in the city that is focused on wine that has yes. somebody in the industry who's actually writing the wine list and is passionate about it Uh, those are great places to learn about wine and they're great places to learn about wine lists they're a great place to learn how to navigate a wine list what to look for um, and you know ask questions about how it's laid out ask questions about uh, you know like okay so I like this how do I find the next thing that I'm gonna like like if I do like this can you point out some other things on the list that I would also like so the next time I come back and come in with confidence because yes. then you you've had that established rapport you don't need to come in the next time and feel vulnerable again you can just right. come and be like I've been told that I have to try this because I really like this last time that's what I'm going to order and the server's like yeah yeah like they're excited and then they're like probably t- really? you know really excited to tell you more about it and, and geek out and yes. you know give you more opportunities so it's uh yeah, I don't know. I was I was I was very nervous when I was a kid. Uh, you know, I was very nervous up until like three four years ago. Frankly, but, like but,
1: I mean, that's exactly what I was saying. I was when I started in this, I was stressed about what I didn't know, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it makes you nervous. And to me, it was like going into an old school record shop and being like, "Hey, do you have Michael Jackson bad?" And then you totally. know, the <laughs> punk guy behind the counter was like, "For real?" You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so. It can be intimidating. And that's where I say vocab means so much. Mm, right? If you sure. So, for example, a couple weeks ago, a lady came in and she said, I like high acidity, mineral driven, but like aromatic wines. And I say, you need to try this what's her
0: Yeah.
1: She, totally. we open it up and I'm just like pumped for her. Like, you're going to try this and you're going you're gonna to love it. Yeah. She loves it. And she orders two more bottles for her and her friends. Oh my god. And just is like, this is amazing. What is this grape? And you're like, like I'm just really happy to open this up for you. Yeah, for sure. Right? And and expose you to something new. And all because you knew a couple of words of yeah.
0: what you liked. Totally. And I and I go, Well, this is the one. Yeah. Right? That's huge. Yeah, that's amazing. Totally. It's like yeah, that's just such a powerful tool to have is, is just those handful, handful of words. Handful of words. For, for words. sure. And it, like, again, if you're going to any good wine shop in this city and you tell them what you like, they will be able to direct you. They'll be able to teach you those words in three seconds. Yes. And Like, just be like, how would you describe this wine so that I can say those words to the next person that yes. I see? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great way of looking at it. And it's a way that I don't instruct people to use often enough. So, so if yeah. you
1: walk into my shop and you have four words, I, I will have a vast inventory yeah. in my head. It of course narrows down to, you know, 10 bottles maybe. And then I go, well, how much do you want to spend? Like what, yeah, what do we sure. like to spend on this bottle for tonight? And they go 30 and I go, great. That takes me down to three. That gives me an opportunity to talk to you about three wines, get you pumped up about the three wines mm-hmm. and you're you pick the one that you sort of feel most connected to and guaranteed, you're gonna love it because we really did this like narrowing down totally. of five hundred bottles down to to yeah, one.
0: Totally, right? Absolutely.
1: Get your get your vocab. Yeah, right.
0: Love it. I love Good it. Good tips. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk about the next one while you uh, while you crush some of your wine. Um, so next up, we have yeah uh, a producer that you are quite familiar I love it. with. I love it. Uh, I, I feel like you've been very generous to, uh, to Mr. Peter Vetser uh, by listing him several times on several of your lists. And uh, you haven't had an opportunity to taste I any mean, of his high end Blaufrankisch yet, uh, high end Kekfrankos, sorry. We're on the Hungarian side of the border, so I've got to use the right terminology <laughs> here. Uh, Hungarian Kekfrankos. And uh, this is like some of the best of the best. So, single vineyard called Blumenthal Vineyard. Um, this is 50 to 60 year old vines. Uh, planted with really old uh, Celexio Mazal. The guy who replanted it basically used vines that were planted pre-1800 as his Celexio Mazal. And so you're getting like some really old stock. Um, For those of you who are less familiar, most... Grapes. uh, most vines these days are planted with what we call clonal selection. So essentially somebody isolates a particular grapevine in a vineyard that seems quite healthy. They propagate it, you know, a trillion times over, uh, and then they sell that to people all over the world. So if you look at a, you know, a a field of Pinot Noir, uh, chances are that is all genetically identical plants. Um, And whether you're in New Zealand or Australia or, uh, you know, Canada, It's genetically identical from country to country. It's the same plants in the same vineyard versus Celexil Mazal is you go into these old vineyards before clonal selection was really a thing, and you're taking cuttings from multiple uh, healthy plants, and you're propagating those out, and you end up with this blend of a bunch of, um, you know, different plant material that is different than what your neighbor planted, for instance. So even though you have the same grape variety, the characteristics of each individual vine are going to be drastically different. Um, And because of that, you arguably get a little bit more complexity because you're getting a lot more, you know, diversity in the actual vineyard. Um, This particular vineyard uh, is planted on richer loam soils. Uh, You still have limestone and gravel here, um, but they're a little bit richer soils, which I think shows through in the wine. You get this basey, sort of more bombastic style. Um, Some of his other wines are a little bit more... uh, kind of tight and linear versus this is like brooding, you know, <laughs> saturated, inky, uh, like the color of purple that this is, is just, it's, uh, I don't know, it's otherworldly it's, it's different than the astral <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yes, I think,
1: I, I think I just want to say one thing quickly about your description right there in that. It is inky. It is saturated. It is all those things, which makes it sound serious, and and you know, for what we've tried today, it probably—I mean, not probably—it clearly is the most sort of serious. Yeah. But I think it's that it's that guy in the corner with like the leather jacket on, but he gives you a wink, and you know he's got like the soft heart. There's something totally. still soft-hearted yes. about this, right? Yes, it I is agree. not. It's this hard exterior, but you but you can see through it. Yeah, for sure. It's not. It's not as serious
0: as yeah maybe we're making it out to be no no I agree I agree yeah it's uh yeah I don't know this wine is just blowing my mind right now I haven't had this wine in a little bit and it's like it is a real treat to get to have um so Keck Franco is a grape variety mm. so uh you know your particular shop seems uh, fairly enthusiastic about uh you know obscure grape varieties mm-hmm. or at least you know not just playing the top 10 hits over and over right. and over again um what, is, what would be your way of, of selling this wine to a consumer? Like, if somebody came in looking for something, um, what would it be that they were looking for where this would be like an analog for it, I suppose?
1: <clears throat> There's a couple of things that I think of immediately when I think of this grape variety. When I think about Cabernet gauche I think about um, a <laughs> bartender at Bridget. Who I, I had a cat friend by the glassbird uh the past several months. Um, and I heard through the grapevine that he called it weird. And so right? Yep. So and, and I think it's because again, there's a lack of vocabulary to describe what it is. It is left, mm-hmm. right? of center. Um, but like let's not call it weird. So poor yep. guy, I sat him down I'm like I heard I heard you called it weird. <laughs> and And of course he's like oh god i'm I'm really sorry i called it weird i'm like no no i just want to talk about why you called it weird like let's like here's here's this like a little sip of it and i'm gonna take a sip let's talk through what's happening in your brain here the thing is that kegfranco's it's it hangs out in that darker fruited spectrum Mm -hmm. with sort of a medium-ish acidity Mm -hmm. and close to nothingish tannins. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it has like a loud voice, but it, it, it has no follow through on that. So Keck Frankos as a mass produced shitty fruit wine often is, isn't my favorite thing yeah. on the planet. Totally. Okay? In the hands of someone special with exceptional fruit it is weird in the best possible way, in the way that you are weird and I am weird, and yeah. that is why we like each other. Do you know what For I mean? Sure. Absolutely. Right. And that there is a spice character in in this grape that is different from others. You can't put it down to um, white pepper, black pepper,
0: yes. smoked
1: jalapeno. Like you, you can't nail it down in exact words that we really understand. It's this like melagery of thing. In my head, it's like paprikash. Like it's just this Mm -hmm. sort of whole, whole sort of pot of all the things. Yeah. But it, it comes off as there's a spice character to it. Totally. Right. Yeah. And so, um, it is, it is a harder thing to sell, but I think if someone says, I like, you know, fruitier wines. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid of something a little bit strange. Yeah. Then that's an easy sell.
2: Totally.
0: But
1: I think also you need to push people that that clearly like a little bit more of a fruity, jovial sort yeah. of expression. Because that is this grape through and through. For sure. Right? It has it has a happiness to it, despite its sort of darker, yeah. fruited tendencies.
0: I agree. Right? Yeah sort of like analogs for me that are coming up in my head are definitely like Northern Run Syrah, mm. but like more like Crow's Hermitage kind of vibes where it's yes. like, it's got that plushness to it at the same time, but it still definitely has a background of spice. I think or a little bit. Like I get some like French <sighs> malbec yeah. kind of vibes because it's, it's, Kind of like if Saskatoon berries and olives had a baby. Uh, like, somehow, like, just, like... Green olives
1: or black olives? Black What olives. are we talking here? Okay, yeah. okay, I'm getting okay.
0: some, some, like, interesting, like, kind of black olive characteristics. The
1: little piccolo, piccolo meanies. Yeah, around, exactly. Like, like the, the small exactly. little
0: yeah. soft-fleshed... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm into get that. that. Get that tender kind of quality. Um, oh, my God.
1: So then throw a pizza at this, and you were, like, the happiest oh, person on the planet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, uh... I, I can't remember, like, Mark and I were working next to each other at some point, And I was just like, hey, writing about, uh, you know, uh, Peter Vetzer's Blumenthal Keckrenkosch. Like, what's your what's your pairing for it? And he's like, sausages. And he, like, yep. didn't even hesitate or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, that's, uh, that's what it's going to be. It. And then, like, five minutes later, he was like, eh, maybe also this. And I was like, nope. Like, no, it's sausages. I'm, go- I'm going with your, your first one. And I was like, yeah, have, like, some, like, paprika-y yeah, sausages. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. totally. But throw that on pizza." Now yeah. you've really nailed it. <laughs> like, nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Or like um what the heck are they called? Like catchy Is that what it's called? Like yeah. the the Georgian style like flatbreads. Uh yeah. go grab one of those from uh from A1, A-1. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah, crush one of those with this and like Whoa. Yeah. you're you're in for a day.
1: I like that pizza came up because I I'm not sure I would have come up with this on my own in this moment, but there's something about Tomato sauce and this that I'm really really loving Mm, because it is so opposite. It's not like yeah Cabernet Franc, you are like oh it has a bit of a tomatoy leafy thing anyways. For sure, and so we're gonna put those together because like and like or whatever. Yeah, but there's something about the sweetness of the fruit that we're Mm. we're gonna participate in both of those things. That tomato sauce that always has that really lovely lively acidity, but yeah, but good amount of sweetness. Mm -hmm. So there's. There's a similarity there in how that is balanced that, that yeah, I like.
0: Totally. So
1: I'm kind of liking how that may show up
0: in a in mm-hmm. a pizza-style pairing. For sure. And
1: I'm that's a really it. good
0: note, too, is the sweetness of the fruit on this. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people have a, a really big challenge um, sort of separating sweetness as in sugar sweetness and sweetness as in Sweet flavor characteristics, and this is a great example of a wine that has zero grams per liter of sugar, um, but presents as very sweet, very fruited. sweet fruit. like, yeah. really like blueberry pie level, yes. like, Kongo sweet gravy, fruit. Yeah, 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 totally. And so, yeah, this is like if you need to practice, um, understanding what sweetness in a sugar sense is versus sweetness in a sweet fruit sense is this is a great example of like how that messes with your brain where you're like right. it's so juicy it has to be sweet when really like if you taste it yeah. like from a from a tongue perspective not a nose perspective mm-hmm. um you're like it's actually not sweet it has no sugar <laughs> like it's the opposite in it's fact true. it's got tannin it's almost it's almost technically bitter but like it's just got so much plush kind of
1: Sweetness, fruit sweetness and sugar sweetness in wine is, I think, the number one point of contention in I like this wine or I don't like this wine mm. in, in a restaurant setting when people are ordering something that they don't know. I, in, in reality, I would argue it's acidity that divides mm. people. But I think in a, in a setting, when you ask someone, well, what do you like to drink? There are the people that you can sense their panic when they say dry,
0: dry, dry. Totally. Right? You can (laughs)
1: totally sense that you're like, okay, we're going to get you something dry. But that also tells me that they may sense fruit sweetness as sweetness. Yeah. Right? There's, you know, when you get a really kind of fruity, opulent fiano, say, from Campania, and we're getting this like big, like lustrous, Nectarine kind of flavor, and someone goes, "Well, that's too sweet for me." And you go, "Well, no, it's like completely dry. There's there's no sweetness here, but that bombastic yeah. fruit tells them that it's sweet. Totally. And so when someone has that panic, my brain goes, "Okay, not only do I need to make sure, because you know how many sweet wines does a restaurant have on their list? Yeah, zero. Just the, maybe just one the six quick reasonings. little reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I can't help it. You know. Yeah. So." Uh, so not only does that tell me that I need to obviously stay away from the sweet things, but it also tells me that I need to eliminate the obviously yeah. riper fruited sort of mm. things, especially if they don't have a massive amount of acidity and or something else to sort of totally balance out that fruit. So then let's go towards a leaner styles of fruit. So let's let's get higher acidity, greener fruit. Totally. Right maybe an herbal component, something that's sort of savory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Totally. Something that has that component that ends up making it a little bit more savory. And there are those people that perk up when you talk about... Minerality, sorry, Richard Harvey, for saying minerality. Um, He's
0: not a minerality fan. Oh, I He didn't just doesn't know like this. the word.
1: He doesn't like the word. He doesn't like it's, it's, Yeah, it's minera- questionable words. Yeah, it's a questionable yeah. word. And let's find better words to describe it, I think, is what. Is.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, but like mineral driven wines, um, herbal driven wines. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I was talking with David Partridge the other day about Chablis and how to me they fall into two categories. Mm. Either they're big on this like fruity, like green apple yeah. sort of, um, driven fruit style of chutney, and then there's the very savory like herbal
0: yeah like mushroomy, and limestoney yeah, yeah like
1: it, and they sort of go down. And if there are exceptional versions of them on both sides, yes, and if they try and kind of do them both, it often just feels muddled to me, yeah. and the texture
0: gets mixed up. You're totally right, and I've never thought about it before, so I I like that. I don't it's, so if, yeah. if you
1: show up with something that is trying to do both, I get bored really quickly because there's nothing yeah. exceptional about it mm. to make it magic in in my totally. because they're those like green apple limestoney like just like yeah. tight lean. It's like the wine spray. can only
0: be like a hundred percent, so it's either like a hundred percent on the inside, hundred percent on this side. But when you just do like 50-50, fifty, you're yeah. just like cool. I'm just getting fifty percent minerality and fifty yeah, percent fruit. Yeah, and you're it's just it's trying not
1: to like please everybody, and you go yeah. don't.
0: It's like just it, sad.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just sad. And, and now we've divided what could have been really good mm-hmm. style of something.
0: Yeah, interesting.
1: Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. But the fruitiness and sugar in mind, yes, anyways. Totally. So, um, yeah, that is a common misinterpretation, which you just have to be wary of. It again comes down to vocabulary. They're just saying dry, yeah. but that has so many more aspects to it than, sure. than they realize. Because they're just focused on no sweetness.
0: Yeah, cool man absolutely. Like, yeah.
1: not, not a lot of wine is sweet that we're gonna serve to you in a restaurant. If you're totally. used to buying apothic or some your girlfriend having apothic for you, then yeah yeah it, totally. you can imagine that lots of red wine out there is sweet.
0: Is sweet but it's just it's just not the case. It's just not the case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just just the number one selling wine in Alberta. that's the only one. it huh? <laughs> yes. really? Oh, it absolutely is yeah.
1: How many gra- how many grams 20? Twenty in the because yeah. apothecary so, now has
0: dark right so uh, so in regular apothec whatever it is uh, because it's by batch uh, it's not by vintage so it ranges between eighteen and twenty two grams per liter of sugar uh, depending that is so
1: insane it is
0: shockingly high I I honestly didn't think that it was that high and maybe it's changed since then or maybe that that figure is wrong um, but. That was the lab analysis that I saw from the LCBO, uh, which
1: actually tests it themselves. They abs- so, they, they actually so, test so you can sort it. of count on it to be sort of within a good margin of
0: error. Exactly. So I, I trust that number. Um, and again, like they they might be making different ones for different markets, whatever the situation may be. That being said, it's probably more than 10 grams per liter of it's sugar, probably. which for a red wine is completely mind-blowing to me completely uh, mind-blowing like it's you know like an off dry riesling that people are like stressing out about how sweet it is right. can be like 12 grams per liter sugar and you're like this red wine that everybody's you know all
1: but there's more know. to hide there's more to hide behind in, in red wine totally. like, Tannin, at, 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 yeah. at that point if we're drinking apothic there's probably some sort of Oak essence and or chips and or yeah, something added
0: powder tannins. For right. Sure, right. Twice. So yeah. there's
1: all these things that's, that, that sugar can hide behind, but in the end, like, uh, what is your, what is your threshold for detecting residual sugar?
0: Um, when I was doing my WSET diploma, uh, not as low as some of my classmates, sure. I would say, I would say like my threshold is like, Five, like in in that sort of like five grams per liter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of level versus I definitely had some classmates that were like closer to like three, four grams per liter That's they can impressive. like detect. Totally. And I was, I was just like, I do not get any sweetness in this. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I think this comes from maybe my love of eating everything sweet on the planet. <laughs> um, but yeah, my threshold is usually around, yeah, around like five grams. If I'm drinking like dry Riesling and it's, anything over that, I'm like, okay, this is definitely creeping into the off-dry kind of category. I would start thinking about sweetness there. Red wine, I find it a little harder to deta- detect because I don't really drink yeah. red wines with any sweetness. Right. And then I have Amaroni and I just get really confused. Um, and I just, I don't know where anything is anymore. you like, <laughs> like, this is 18 grams per liter of sugar, but like tannic as heck and it's like 15 and a half percent alcohol. I'm like, right. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You
1: also don't know where anything is anymore because it is 15% alcohol mm-hmm. and you're just like, everything like, gets taken is over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm like, I don't even know anymore.
1: I know that one is tough. It, it does matter uh sparkling wine i can detect
0: it much lower mm. um i'm the opposite i have a really? way harder time with sparkling wine detecting sparkling sugar wine,
1: the easiest for
0: me a sparkling wine can be 12 grams per liter of sugar and i'll think that it's bone dry stop it i'm not even kidding i just like again i know where my strengths and weaknesses are i can detect alcohol like nothing else i can look at a glass of wine and tell you within 0.5 percent uh, what sure. level of alcohol it is uh as long as you know the grape no, like legitimately. Seriously, for nothing. legitimately, I'm a, I'm a freak when it comes to detecting That's levels impressive. of alcohol, and then same thing with uh, acidity, uh, like pH. Like I can tell you the pH of a wine, like it's like it's going out of style. I don't know why, but sugar, like the thing that should be way more obvious. Yeah, I have way more way more trouble. Like, how uh, do you detect really it? Young.
1: Like, what are your what are your markers
0: of sugar? Of sugar, uh, for me, it's like mostly a textural thing. Um, i really try and think of texture but this is the problem is that it gets like mixed up with things like glycerol it gets mixed up with things like bubbles um that really sort of like distracts me from where the sugar level is uh and i find that sugar like tends to linger on the palate longer than most other things from like a physical perspective right so like once the alcohol evaporates off your tongue or whatever the thing that you're left with is is sugar right um and so that's usually how I go about detecting it but again same sort of thing like there's this cleansing quality to CO2 mm. that really just like eliminates that that sweetness and then same thing with tannins like tannins get really sneaky uh, and they kind of you know obviously that drying characteristic so it's like where I'm normally looking for sugar there's this dryness yeah. anyways it's uh yeah it's uh you know it wasn't necessarily like a hindrance in the in class or anything yeah. like that but it definitely wasn't my strong suit She sure. was uh you know, there's wines where I like. You know, I would write dry in an instant, and then, you know, whoever my teacher was, Marnie or something like that, would be like, "Okay, did anybody put this in off-dry?" And like half the class would raise their hand. And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "What are you all talking about?" She's like, "Yeah, I put it on like the threshold between like dry and off-dry, so I think you're you're all right." And I was like, "What did y'all taste in this?" Like, I'm like, know. if it was no just idea.
1: immediate for you?" Like, no dry. Yeah. I was no just plus like, dry like, yeah, No like
0: not even yeah. No I didn't contemplation. Even, just totally. Straight into I like literally didn't even think about it. So it's, but yeah, I don't know. That's when it's, you know, there you go. You found my Achilles heel. No, no, (laughs) no,
1: no. To me, it's the tip of the tongue. And I think I learned that from Maddie Leslie. I think Mm. I did. But it's the tip of my tongue. Um, There is a pressure on the tip of my tongue that is so noticeable to me. And so the amount of pressure that I feel on the tip of my tongue determines how much sugar, like how many grams I perceive and I detect. And so if it is just a sort of, a light sort of, you know, a little tap on there. You go, yeah. oh, okay. Then we're in the like three to six kind of yeah. range, and then it just sort of goes up from yeah, there. Well, and yeah, you have this very little tip of my tongue. Um, and I'm not sure that works for everybody. I I do try and when I'm in the restaurants and we're doing some sort of wine training, and I'm trying to tell people I do tell them about the tip of my tongue and I think totally. some people are like oh yeah and other people are like I don't know what you're talking Talk about play. right yeah absolutely but those are the same people that I'm like okay let's detect acidity like how much is your mouth mm. watering and they go I don't know I'm the same as usual you go liar like it is not it is way more but, so <laughs> it's just different it's just different, you're like, physiologies
0: different when you said that <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. literally <laughs> drooling at the side of your mouth it's that's high right. acid like, it's high like yeah, yeah that's right so funny. Yeah. Anyways,
1: sugar, I think alcohol and sugar are my best mm. sort of detections.
0: Totally. Uh, I do sugar pretty accurately. Yeah. And alcohol pretty accurately. Yeah.
1: But not looking at it like you, I have to taste oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like,
0: honestly, like, I can swirl it. And, like, based on the way that it crawls down the glass, like, I can tell you within 0.5% That's what crazy. the alcohol level is. And it's just one of those things where it's just, I just did it over and over again. Like, mm. it's just... You know, for the diploma, like I tasted a thousand wines, like for more than a thousand wines. I tasted, you know, at least in a blind tasting format, I tasted 18 wines a day or sorry, 12 wines a day, six before breakfast, six after dinner for six months. And like, I was like, hey, I need to find a shortcut to like figuring out this alcohol. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the color anyways. Up, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I want to think about one less thing. And so I'm like, cool. When I swirl it, I can immediately tell like the level of alcohol. That there is in it, like, and again, like, it's facetious to say that it works one hundred percent of the time. Totally. But it's like, based on the rest of my note, I can tell whether or not I'm right, like.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Cool. Rest of the note
0: confirms the fact that like when I looked at it, it looked like it was a wine that's 14% alcohol and it smells like it's Cabernet Sauvignon. (laughs) Okay. It's probably 14% (laughs) Yeah. The things are are fitting Everything's aligning. So it's like, you know, you do need that confirmation, but I'm like, I get 90% of the way there just based on like looking at it. (laughs) I
1: honestly think when I started out in wine, I remember, I remember when I was really young and someone was like, yeah, you look at the legs Mm -hmm. and and I remember someone right away in my journey being like, the legs mean nothing, stop saying that word, stop totally. thinking about that word. And I think from that moment on, I really stopped paying attention to what happened in the glass when yeah. I was swirling it around. I understand that like yeah. body slash sugar, that's what's happening. Totally. But I... But I have paid zero attention since. I have so not since I
0: completed that class. I can tell you that. much. <laughs> I have not. Uh, well, no, not you if know. you can like tell alcohol. Well, well, so I don't. I don't need to anymore. You Don't need I to. Used, I can just look at the bottle. Nobody requires me to blind taste anything <laughs> anymore. Thank goodness.
1: Oh, we blind taste in the shop, didn't you? When you worked at Vine? Uh,
0: we yeah, we definitely did at Vine Arts. And actually, like even after that, so Mark and I uh last year maybe for almost the entire year every friday we would do blind tasting uh hmm. one of us would go out buy a bottle classic between 30 and 100 dollars essentially sure. uh and uh yeah we'd blind each other on it yeah um you know we'd write our notes like knowing what it was um and then compare them to the person's notes who didn't know what it was, walk them through it. Yeah. You know, if they're having trouble, kind of guide them a little bit, Being like, hey, maybe you're missing this a little bit. Like, do right. you get any of this, et cetera. But yeah, we've gone taste it every single Friday. And like with quintessential classics, we were like shooting 90% for sure. Yeah. Because sure. it's like, when you know what you're looking for, right. it's not hard. And when you have a really good example of a classic, right. that's the thing is like, when you get into those sort of like more... Contrarian kind of bottles Where you're like Oh yeah we're doing Chianti But we're actually 20% cab Like
1: That's not the point of blind tasting Exactly And The point of blind tasting is Yeah
0: like that's a trick Good examples Yeah we're not trying to trick each other Yeah and so because we were pouring like Things you should get Right From great producers we a drank a lot of really good wine yeah uh b blew our budget for the year (laughs) and c like really confirmed a lot of our like tasting protocol for when we're tasting our wines because a lot of our wines don't fall into those categories so it's really good to recalibrate off of classic wines uh to then be able to reel things back in a little bit
1: yeah i get that
0: yeah totally all right so one last thing that i want Go to talk on, about please. before before we're done uh so between the 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 two restaurants you have like nine thousand different dishes uh mm. to pair with um so you can choose any dishes between the two different restaurants what would be your pairings for these four wines oh so like imagine fine. that these, these are like fictitiously on the list uh, okay what would you, you use as pairings okay. ideally
1: Okay, the Aligoté is in my glass right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for circling back on it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so good. Um, what do I like with this? Do you know what I like with this? I like, on Lulu's menu, There is, um, they have a whole section of skewers, and they have a beef tongue skewer that I love. Nice. And it is really thinly sliced Marinated, I believe. Yeah, it's highly spiced. Uh, beef tongue grilled really lightly. Sometimes you get a little bit more sort of caramelization on there than other times, but it's lightly grilled with this. Um, I think it's like a green papaya salad on top. Yeah. Yeah, with some jalapenos. Yeah, I love that dish. And this dressing. <laughs> and so there is a like sweet and sour sort of play in there with this sort of ultra soft meat. Anyways, I think that this gote would go really well with it. There's something about the texture that's happening here that sort of would meet that f- fatty, softy sort of meat yeah. and kind of rough up the meat. Like, at this yeah. point, we're trying to give the meat a little bit more texture than it has. Um, there's also that bite of jalapeno that sort of can, mm-hmm. can sort of hit through this. That sort of sweet and sour sauce, uh, I think would do really well with the warmer notes. Um, and something about the spice profile in here, cause there, there is this like, I don't want to call it nutmeggy, but it's on that warm, mm-hmm. um, side, um, I think would hit all of those
0: elements really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's my pick for that. Is that fair? Great pick. Yeah. No, I was going the same direction too. And I don't know even why I went that direction, but, uh, I was immediately like skewers. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I was feeling it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I dig that.
1: The verdeo. Do you mind if I mm-hmm. can go I for it? it we, for you as well?
0: Yeah, that'd be great. I obviously uh, it, it's currently Saturday, which means that I have no meetings on Sunday. Not <laughs> because uh, I, not because I'm not going to be working tomorrow, but because nobody else is working tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, we, it just means that we're drinking these things.
2: Yeah.
1: So. Okay. Okay. So then we're on the um, the Dermalona, the Verdejo, the wine that I like. This is my favorite wine of the day. I
0: oh cool. cerebrally, Yeah.
1: I'm in love with the Aligoté. Yeah. But there's something about yeah.
0: This is just it's joyous. The wine yeah. is literally smiling. But
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the friend that you call if you need cheering up. Yeah. Do you know totally. what I mean? Always in that right place. Okay. Like
0: mm. this wine has dimples. Like it's it's yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. So so cheerful.
1: It is so cheerful. Okay. I'm back at Lulu. I thought I would. I thought I would be heading towards Bridget for a second. Because Bridget has, like, rich flavors. But I want to talk about um, the calamari dish. At mm, cool. With, like, the pineapple and jalapenos. Oh, damn! And this, like, f- caramelized fish sauce dip or whatever. Yeah. Lime, limey sort of dip. There's something about that, like super crunchy rice flour exterior on the calamari with this like candied pineapple that's also got this totally. crunchy exterior and there's like there's this lovely play between this textured acidity in here And that riper fruit and that pineapple and the like lean meat, but that has good texture that I think I'm really excited about. And of course, deep fried jalapenos, which is on the list of my favorite things on the planet.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I picked the two dishes with jalapeno from Lulu, which is, uh, that's me.
0: Yeah. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the
1: jalapenos can fuck up a pairing so bad. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Besides the spice, that like vegetal Mm -hmm. green thing can really mess it up, but I think we could handle it here.
0: I'd be curious to look through um, like the tasting note that I, I wrote for this. Because for me, Ridella always has uh, like a greenness, but it's like a really ripe greenness to yeah. it. Like it's not like green is in like herbaceous. It's green is in um, like I wrote like green peppercorns, kombu, cucumber skin like i'm just picking up the, yeah, the green yeah. nuts here lovage green grapes like it literally sounds like green grapes uh, <laughs> like I, this, I re-
1: this verdello in particular or verdello in general verdello
0: in general yeah. but like this one also definitely has that, that yeah like
1: cucumber like, water free if you think about like yeah. an agua chile or something exactly, yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah. Yeah. absolutely
1: super good oh i love an
0: it and like my my pairing was like kind of in the same boat where i was just like uh like uh, fish steamed in a banana leaf, like that yeah. kind of vibe with like fish sauce, lime, chilies. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's the direction that I was going. So yeah, I'm definitely in the, in the same boat here. Yeah,
1: I'm into it. But there's something, because I, I did say that this does have some sort of baked good, like that pancake mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I don't mean sweet. I mean mm-hmm. like just, you know, flour and oil and, you know, whatever. There's something that I also wouldn't mind this wine with the current, changes often, the current burrata dish at Bridget. So we have toasted sourdough, so it's kind of rich and buttery. And then we have, of course, the burrata. Everyone has burrata, so uh, you know, but currently it's on this um, zucchini sort of relish. Mm. So we're getting back to that sort of like green note yeah. Right? Totally. With a bit of sort of lemon and all the things that make a relish delightful.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's that interplay between like white fat, toasty sort of grill notes, which sure. I think this is like the most outdoor wine on the planet. Yeah. Like, like there's a campfire always nearby if you're drinking this. So, totally. So that sort of like toasted buttered sourdough mm. with all those elements together. There's Something about this
0: that I think would yeah. be quite lovely there. I just... Uh in that same vein I, d- I just like got this idea and I think it's it's right up my alley personally but like elotes like do like yeah, a grill, yeah, yeah. like do like a grilled corn yes. with like the cheese and like the chili that peppers lime. and some lime like yes. I just Because I was thinking relish and I was like, oh man, I have this really good like corn relish in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, corn with this is like such a good idea. Especially Uh, if there's that like... Like the mayonnaise Mayonnaise, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) That like
1: rich fatty... Yeah. Oh man, Mexican chili lime seasoning is one of the most magical and transformative things. Yeah. What's
0: the name of that, uh, the stuff? Tajin or something like that? Tajin. Tajin, yeah. Yeah. Tajin, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they have a habanero one that is my favorite. I know everyone loves the traditional one, but it's a habanero. So it's got this fruitier expression to it. Yeah. But still with all the spice and all that like high citric.
0: Yeah. Liminess. Dig that. Yeah. This like absolutely has some of those habanero notes to it. Yeah. Because habaneros are
1: such gorgeous little peppers, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Just like really like kind of passion fruity kind of peppers. Yeah.
1: All that yellow fruit.
0: Right. Even just like yellow peppers. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got like chamomile on here, which I think is like pretty accurate as well, too. I love that. So.
1: But. I love this wine. I cannot yeah. wait for more of it to come in. Yeah. I'm gonna think about this wine several times between now and the time that you call me to say it's
0: landed. It. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. We like that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Absence, you know, the heart growing fonder. For things. sure.
2: <laughs>
0: And then we got Astral blend, blend, not to be confused with Cosmic Blend, which they also make. Okay, what is the have. Cosmic Blend? That one's the one that's sort of more Bordeaux varieties. Wow. Ah, um, okay. Cab Merlot, Cab Franc, right. Chardonnay. Uh, <laughs> there, there always seems to be Chardonnay in everything this year. I don't know. There's a lot of it. So it was apparently it a good year for Chardonnay. Uh, again, like I think their Chardonnay just tastes so good, they just blended it in with everything. So, right. Uh, yeah actually going to look up what the blend is on that, because now I've forgotten. Um, yeah, Cosmic Lend, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, a little bit of Zin, um, Chardonnay, Merlot. Hmm. All the good things. Yeah, why not? Only 17% Chardonnay this Only. time. <laughs> instead of 24 <laughs> <laughs> So, absolutely. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. I quite like this one. Yeah. But it, it falls right into my wheelhouse, I think, if... Uh, at home, I am a white wine drinker. Mm -hmm. If I buy a case of wine to take home, you know, a mixed pack, it is 10 bottles white.
0: Yeah.
1: Two bottles red. For sure. But red for me is always more intentional. So Mm. I'm making something and a red goes with it. And so I buy something for that. Um, so the two bottles in the case would be just around for other people or if I'm desperately in the mood for something. Yeah, Totally. Uh, I make a lot of red sauce at home, so it ends up being, you know, about a bunch of Sangiovese or Nebbiolo or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyways, if, but anyone who knows me knows that light reds and me are the best of friends. And if I'm going to drink red, probably is going to be light reds. So this really does sort of sit amongst the things that I would naturally really like. And I think, uh, if I think about dishes at my place, there's something about... The eggplant fries with green harissa yogurt that is calling mm. to me with this.
0: Interesting. I like that.
1: Yeah. The eggplant. What are the flavors of eggplant? Do you know? I f- like what That's are- a hard one to describe. Isn't it? Yeah. Because it's not huh. exactly earthy. It's not fruity. It's not...
0: It's not vegetal, even. No.
1: What is eggplant?
0: Hmm. That's... Really interesting comment okay. <laughs> I think I'm ruined I think I think you found a glitch in the matrix it's like have you ever seen baby pigeons like they just don't exist they just don't exist uh, yeah. it's a glitch in the matrix um they just come out full grown they just come out full grown they yeah just
1: I just what are the flavor pro, what's the flavor profile
0: copy of? paste yeah um
1: purple skin you
0: good <laughs> skin. hashtag purple, purple skin, skin. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Anyways, but uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: they're they are sort of coated in this panko nori mm. blend. Cool. And then with this green harissa yogurt, which is a little bit spicy, which this can handle because we're not banging on the tannins here super. Um, yeah, but there's something, there's something there that's calling to me. I think it's the harissa yogurt because it's not spicy like you'd think. Yeah. Right? It just has this like
0: spiced note yeah spiced note to it yeah absolutely
1: yeah i'm into that pairing
0: yeah no i dig that i like eggplant i like i like when people choose vegetable dishes it's uh it's one of those things where it's like it's so easy to be like you know this with like uh, roasted chicken you're like yeah of course (laughs) like Duh. like, you know, like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, pick the
1: white meat, you're onto something. Yeah, like, oh, yep.
0: genius, like, oh, poor tenderloin, you're like, yeah. yeah, cool, like, nailed it, uh, for sure, but, like, eggplant, like, again, it's not the first place that I go, but it's the place that I should go more often, right, because, uh, like, I love doing, you know, kind of, like, a really, like, cop-out version of, uh, not, like, eggplant parmesan, but, like, of, like, fried fried egg right where it's like you know you dredge it or whatever you put it in a pan but it's like it's the most half-assed version of that and i love it i don't know why they like the texture of eggplant is so weird it's so weird and you have to manipulate it Uh, anyways absolutely yeah it needs to it kind of likes being messed up it likes being you know yeah and you get in the ring with it a little bit. Um,
1: but there's a Spanish version of eggplant that, that we're deep frying and then we're putting like a pomegranate molasses on ooh, it. Yeah, right? I like that too. And yeah. that pomegranate molasses is one of the magic ingredients in my in my books. I love it on so many things. Yeah. Totally. But even like in this situation you go, wait, all of a sudden this whole glass is just made of pomegranate molasses.
2: Totally. after like
0: bunch. Yeah. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah, that like absolutely it's, high acidity, yeah.
1: darker fruit, condensed yeah. sort
0: of all of a sudden you're more like kind of like like middle and near east kind of flavors yeah. and like yeah, yeah give me a bowl sure. full of like toasted yeah, getting like something. sumac-y kind yeah, of flavors yeah here. absolutely the other thing i was thinking like, yeah exactly shwarma, oh my god shawarma this give me, would be give me a so good for sure uh the direction that i was going was like i like sticking with the eggplant is mm. um at a great taste there's this really amazing salt and pepper eggplant dish which mm. like it's it defies logic in the sense that it gets that, like, you know when you, like, really cook eggplant, it gets that like, gooey quality? Yep. It's that, but crispy on the outside. Yes. And you're like, what? That's physically impossible. And yet, somehow, they dial it in. There's, like, a little note of spice to it. Yeah. But it's mostly just, like, salt, salt, salt. Salt, salt. Uh, and it's just, like, yeah, it's got that, mmm. Anyways. That, it's probably MSG just, like, as well, which, like, yeah, yeah everything. S- sign right. me up. Absolutely. I know. Sign me up. Give it to yeah. me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned Asian profiles of eggplant because I think it is always really successful. That like Szechuan,
2: yeah,
1: chili stir fry of it, mm-hmm. and and often there like the texture just goes to complete mush. Like in your mouth, yeah. there's there's nothing keeping it crisp. Totally, but it's all the other things added to it that yeah. give you the contrasting things that you need.
0: Totally right yeah actually at Han's as well too like the actual like Szechuan restaurant in in Chinatown uh they do uh stir fried eggplant with um uh it's just with soy and and basil okay like bonkers combo really it's so good it's like it's one of those kind of deathbed meals for me where I'm like why is it that why do I like that so much? so much but they just nail it like again like they, they they've they been doing it for a long time yeah. they you know you're talking about thousands of years of cooking tradition right. that has somehow like been like you just do these things to this weird little yeah you know kind of spongy purple object and it's it somehow turns into magic and I don't understand but I'm totally accepting of it
1: I I think I want eggplant to in every way with it. Should we should that, we organize and plant an, yeah. <laughs> yeah. blend? an, eggplant, an yeah. astral blend? <laughs> <Totally>. Because <laughs> if you think about like a sweet and salty soy-based sauce mm-hmm. with this, yeah. I can really get it. And I think it's the Zinfandel. I think it's the thirty percent Zinfandel. That's Zin's giving you that one. like Yeah, yeah that jammy yeah. sort of ripe fruit but never well, hopefully never overripe. Yeah. That sort of gives you that sweet fruited thing. That if you had like a hoisin mm. sort of situation, totally. that I think we're yeah. we're we're talking the same language, even though we're not.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I love that. There you go. There's thirty five different pairings <laughs> <lately> for <after> lilies Lent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Only like.
0: At 18 fifteen of which, restaurants yeah, here in Calgary, yeah, exactly eighteen of which have eggplant. <laughs> know how we managed to do it but we did it but we um, did it and you're welcome yeah, yeah exactly oh and God. then uh and then last up on last this up. uh on, on what has turned into the the odyssey podcast
1: uh, are we at i don't know i can't see the clocks in here so I, the, I,
0: I will let you know that this is uh going to officially be the longest podcast we've oh! ever done which is amazing i talk a lot i'm sorry <laughs> no so. this is good we've had things to talk about if anyone this,
1: is still so. listening I, I apologize yeah
0: thank you for listening uh in your car ride over <laughs> the last six weeks right uh, yeah right <laughs> for your like ten minute car ride like every, every day for six weeks
1: but the good news is I've known the pairing for this since I tasted it oh yeah perfect there right you go. and it is the chicken liver mousse
0: oh yeah <laughs> <is. I'm rigid. laughs> right Snake. yeah into yeah. it
1: there's that like ferrousness to the liver mousse always hmm Um, that I think that sort of funky edge meets its match
0: here. Totally.
1: Um, chicken liver mousse is always going to be highly spiced. And so I think we're tying that in here. Mm -hmm. This is a congruent match. It's not a, like opposing match. This is definitely congruent. Yeah. Um, current, current, um, chicken liver mousse at Bridget is like these black cherries with like this lovely sort of syrup sort mm-hmm. of drizzled kind of like on. Gastric vibes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. With like some actual pieces of um, black cherries. And so you get this like funky rich spiced meat with yeah. this darker fruit that you just spread on a piece of grilled sourdough and your life has changed. And I think that this
0: is the perfect little Yeah, match. I think that just it makes infinite sense <laughs> sure. the second you said it, i was like yeah oh yeah yeah that's sign me up yeah, yeah there's something about like and this is like such a specific thing for me but i think funk and funk cancel each other out the same mm-hmm. way that acid and acid cancel each other out which is totally. why like you know Sangiovese and pizza you like high acid wine plus high right. acid sauce
1: thank you they yeah. cancel
0: each other out and i think funk and funk make so much sense which is why like syrah and lamb make so much sense totally. together like there's certain things sense. where you're like Oh, okay. Like it actually makes both these things more palatable, and so like I find with with ophel in particular, you want like a funky kind of irony, peppery wine, and not that this is like fully in that camp, but like it definitely has gunpowdery, smoky, spicy, feral qualities to it. Uh, And so I feel like when you pair this with something that has like a little bit of that earthiness, obviously like chicken liver mousse. Uh, I think that this, like, absolutely, you know, they they jive in this really great way.
1: They're shaking hands for sure, right? And the the thing about those flavors are, those are the divisive flavors in, say, Mm -hmm. chicken liver mousse. So either it is why you like
0: it or why you don't like it. Yeah, totally. That's, yeah, absolutely fair. You know, some people might like it for the butter and the cognac, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) know. Oh, God, a
1: cognac pâté is, like... Oh, I bought one the other day. Out of sheer, I'd had three or four drinks before I went grocery shopping, and nice, you know, my my basket is completely different when I'm completely sober
0: and For or sure. when I've had a couple drinks. Yeah,
1: and the condiment yeah, pate. No pizza. food in here. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> this is all
2: condiments: cheese and like, yeah.
1: pate and crackers and yeah. olives and yeah. yeah. That's what came out with me. I'm a yeah. grazer. I see. <laughs> that is my yeah. favorite way to eat. Like, Absolutely. I live on my own. I'm really happy to just sort of pick at things instead yeah. of create this big meal that is just meat. No, yeah. no, no. Really good cheese, olives, pickles, good great crackers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some like tinned octopus or, yeah. you know, like some For sort sure. of conserver or something and just pull yeah. it out and just pick at it Well you dance around because good music is playing or something <laughs> totally anyways that's Love it. It. but this is chicken liver moose wine chicken liver all moves. the way
0: absolutely right cool well before we go any further i think this is where we sum it up thank you. uh firstly thank you so much for coming out oh, and for offering so pleasure. many amazing insights and uh you know obviously sharing your tasting notes on the wines and, and some insight into how to write a wine list and you know, obviously giving everybody a really great indication of where they should go to shop for wine, <laughs> uh, you know, go into Metro Vino, mm, go I, hang out. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Charla will be there uh, to, uh, you know, guide you through the plethora yes. of uh, Beaujolais, Riesling, and, uh, you know, now Lambrusco and other things. Yes. Um, but yeah, any any sort of closing remarks that you want to leave on? Uh, you know, inspirational notes for people uh, about to drink wine? or.
1: I think... Life opens up when you ask questions uh, and are okay with being wrong just a little bit. And that is particularly interesting in wines that like what we have on the table here, three of them are grapes that aren't traditionally sort of understood, and one's mm-hmm. a blend of things. So <laughs> yeah, and I think that they are all really beautiful and have a, a place in in all of our lives. So, um, just do not be afraid. Don't don't be me and think about wine as really clicky and weird that you just can't be a part of. You can to whatever degree you you need to be, and just don't be afraid to ask questions. Because people like me and you, we just live to talk about wine. So yeah. if you in, can engage me, then you've made my day. Like totally. I don't think you're dumb because you don't know anything. I think you're fucking cool because you're asking questions.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: And engaging a little bit about it and give me an opportunity to talk about wine, which is the only thing I want to do. Yeah. No, right. Absolutely. One
0: hundred percent in the same boat. If that makes for sense. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just open up and be okay with it. Fantastic. Nobody cares.
0: Love it cool well if anybody has any additional questions you can send me an email my email address is erik erik at juice com uh i will also uh include connections to Metrovino and um lulu and bridget uh in our email as well too so if you want to go uh and experience uh, charlotte's amazingly curated wine list you can do that um But yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the wine. So contact us, uh, you know, by any means necessary. Uh, Until next month. Thanks for listening.